Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Thank you for tuning in to Breaking Into Reality. I'm Sheila Conlon, your host, and this is Tim Freddy, my co-host. And we have a special guest today, Dr. Jen Mann. But before we get into talking to Dr. Jen, I want to tell you a little bit about Breaking Into Reality. Each week on Breaking Into Reality, our special guests get to share their Breaking Into Reality success stories, how they did it, and how reality TV has changed their lives. We also inform you about casting opportunities nationwide, and I get the distinct pleasure to give you my expert advice and tips on if you're a real, you're the next reality TV star, if reality TV is right for you, or if it's reality TV is right for your brand. So I am again Sheila Conlon, casting director, producer of some of the longest running shows on reality TV. And some of the shortest, but I love those too. <laughs> yes, you got to have a combination of both, yeah. right? Um, so again, Dr. Jen Mann is our ho- is the host of and executive producer of VH1's Couples Therapy. So we're so excited to have her here! Yay! And Dr. Jen will tell us her story in a few minutes. But right now, we go to Tim Ferretti, who will give us our casting traffic report. Tim, what do you got for us? Hello, I'm Tim Freddy. I'm here with your casting traffic report. And yes, as Sheila always says, in order to be on reality TV, you probably have to audition. So uh, each week I keep you up to speed on open call dates that are happening, shows that are looking for more uh, for people to can compete, can uh, follow and be the stars of the show. So um, to all of our aspiring junior chefs out there willing to put themselves under the scrutiny of Gordon Ramsay himself. Our good friends over at MasterChef Junior are casting, and they have some open call dates they'd like to invite you to. Uh, Saturday, November 14th in Houston. Saturday, November 14th in Boston. Saturday, December 5th in Chicago. Saturday, December 5th in Los Angeles. And Saturday, December 12th in New York City. And finally, Saturday, December 12th in Atlanta. So you can go to uh, MasterChefJuniorCasting.com to learn more how you can participate, sign up, any forms you have to fill out before those dates, and they will have all the information there, MasterChefJuniorCasting.com. NBC Juggernaut The Voice just announced a new 2016 open call date auditions and locations. Uh, They are Houston, Texas. Uh, Come out on January 9th to audition. In Memphis, Tennessee, January 23rd. Chicago, uh, February 6th and 7th. And my hometown, Philly, PA, uh, February 20th and 21st. Yay, Philly. I know there's some good singers out there. There's a music city. So, um, <laughs> And to all of our Food Network fans, some of your favorite shows are currently casting. Uh, Food Network Star Season 12, Chopped Junior, Guy's Grocery Games, mm-hmm. All-Star Academy Season 2, Cake Wars, Spring Baking Championship. So you can go to foodnetwork.com, find their casting tab, and it'll have all the information about how you can apply to any of those shows. 
And then finally, uh, also from Food Network, uh, Cutthroat Kitchen has just opened its casting. Uh, Alton Brown and Embassy Row team up for another season of the Food Network cooking competition series where you can win a cash prize of $25,000. So go to cutthroatkitchencasting.com to apply. And I am Tim Freddy, and that is your casting traffic report. <laughs> Thank you, Tim Freddy. And don't forget to always check out theconlincompany.com and breakingintoreality.com. We have quite a few opportunities coming up soon. Always. Within the next, yeah, the next two, three weeks. So don't forget to check that out. Thanks, Tim. You're welcome. And so now let's go back to Dr. Jen Mann. Long list of accomplishments. Author, entrepreneur, host, executive producer, sports psychologist, and you have your own radio show. And my own private practice. And your own private, that's right. And the private practice. Yeah. Okay, first of all, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then we get into, I mean, you and I go way back. Way, way back. You know, and, and over a decade. I think it's like 15 years at wow, least. I can't even believe yeah. that. Yeah. Something like that. Tell yeah. us how. That's right. Well, before reality. Yeah, VR, before reality. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was casting you, for shows. Yeah, you cast me in the second series I ever did, which was Family Forensics for A&E. Oh my wow. God. That was with, oh my God, Jerry McKean, yes. Michael Shevloff. Yes. There was one yeah. other one too, right? No, I don't remember, but yeah, I thought there was yeah. three producers, maybe only two. I'm trying, yeah, I, I remember those two. Yeah. But that was a bold show for back then. It was it was way ahead of its time, and it really kind of, it was in the, the height of CSI, and I'm sure you remember, but right. what the premise was is that it was me a private detective, Scott, an FBI investigator, Heather Dubrov, yep. and a um, computer hacker, um, and I, oh, geez, and I'm blanking on his name. I can see his face now. Shoot, but, I should remember yeah. too, yeah. No, and so they, what they did was they had us go into, people left their house for 48 hours. They brought us into the house. We never met them. They showed us pictures of each family member, their first names, and then they said, go into their house and profile this family. We had 48 hours to go through everything. We had access to absolutely everything. Computers, diaries, closets, like drawers, absolutely everything. And then at the end of it, I had to profile each family. And then I would sit down with them and tell them what their issues were and do family therapy with them. Oh my goodness. It was intense. It was really intense. Like the first house we went in, we found out that one of the sons had been molested, that he was suicidal. There was a gun in the house. Mm -hmm. I found naked pictures of the parents together. Um, The other son was secretly about to get married to a woman he met online and the parents didn't know. I mean, it was... We found amazing stuff. The stuff that came out on the show. And the cool thing is that show, uh, we we did amazing work. And then probably about 10 years later, I had a a radio show on Star 98.7 called On the Couch. And I got a call from the mom who said, when I heard your voice on, on the radio, I was so thrilled and so excited. I had to call you to tell you your show saved my son's life. We are forever indebted to you. Oh my he got God. into therapy because of you after the show. It was an amazing experience. And, and I mean, it just, it meant the world to me. Well, that's what makes it worthwhile. Yeah. And it was, I mean, you guys had a hard task ahead of you. We did. But and, you guys jumped in. That was the one thing. And, and it, it was, 
intense work and it was also physically difficult because I don't know if you remember, but it was August. And as you know from doing TV, you have to turn off all the air conditioning because the sounds bother the sound guys and they won't pick up on what you're saying. And then you have hot lights on you. So it was about 110 degrees (laughs) and we would work for, you know, 18 hours a day going through people's drawers and their computers and they're like... It was it was intense. It was really intense. I know. I mean, those families. Thank you for participating. I think we yeah. sent them to Disneyland for a week or something, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> but then they came back to nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my god. So yeah, we go way back, and I yeah. just remember Dr. Jen. And you know, I wanted her. You know, anytime I got hired to find a host for a show or a team or whatever, it was like she has to be on it because you're the most charismatic. You know your stuff. I mean, you know, obviously when an expert, you want them to be the best at what they do. You're passionate. You cared. And you're you're in it. I mean, you, you know, this it's it's important. Some people just want to do TV because they just want to be famous. They just want to be on. But I love, I love where your, where your drive comes from. So. Thank you. You know, that started then, but where did this really begin for you? You know, why, why a therapist and then why TV? Um, I became a therapist. I went to Emerson College and I was a journalism major. My focus was print journalism and, and photography. And then I, my kind of sub focus in mass communications was, became television journalism. And I did a story for my final project about rape on the, on college campuses. And I interviewed four women who had been acquaintance raped by this one guy who was going to be getting out of prison and would have access to the campus and the school had not spoken about it publicly. And so nobody knew and this kid was going to have access to the campus. So I interviewed these four women. Two of them said I could use the interviews for the school paper. And I became obsessed with the topic. I started doing all this research and people didn't talk about acquaintance rape or date date rape. Then. Oh, not back then. It was, no. Yeah, it was, it was long before anyone even had a vernacular for it. And as I started to do this research and talk to people, word got out that I was doing the story. It spread like wildfire. People were coming out of the woodworks. Women were coming, my bosses, my teachers, other students, to tell me about their experiences. Wow, that's great. And I felt like I had to do something. I ended up doing this big story. It was uh, the Boston Globe picked it up. It ended up changing campus policy in in terms of date rape, and it was it was a huge story. It was life changing for me. And as I was doing this research, I felt like I had to do something. I come from a real advocate kind of background you know my parents I was always marching for something (laughs) and you know especially women's rights and so I felt like I had to do something and uh, Emerson has an LA program and my last semester I did the LA program and I volunteered to work for the Los Angeles Commission on Assaults Against Women as a rape and domestic violence counselor. I went through about 60 hours of intensive, intensive training, and then I started to do the work. And as soon as I started doing the training, I knew I found my calling. And I was like, I need to be a therapist. And I applied for grad school for my master's program, and I ended up working for them. I volunteered for two years. I did the Monday night shift. You get a four-hour 
hour shift. And also what you do is you do accompaniments. And accompaniments are where you go to hospitals and police stations after a woman has been raped and you accompany them through the whole process. And so I did a lot of those. It was an amazing, amazing experience. I was with a young woman when she told her father she had been raped. I was with her when she was with the police and they took her back to the site where she had been abducted. I literally held the hands of women while they had rape exams. I I mean, it was, it was the most amazing experience. The last one I ever did was with a woman who had been a homeless woman who had been gang raped and I visited her in the hospital and uh, it was an amazing experience and she kept saying to me she said you look like an angel you look like an angel and she ended up passing away shortly after I mean it was just it was intense intense work and it also trained me because it was a hotline and you didn't know how long you had with these people you might have one minute sometimes you get a call from someone hiding in a closet my husband's just hit me or you know like you just never knew what was going to be on the other end of the line when you picked up the phone. What amazing. So it was it was amazing experience, amazing training. And then I applied for grad school. I started in grad school and I was in a, a class about eating disorders. And I was very outspoken. I was already in recovery by then. And I talked a lot about my experiences and the teacher was being interviewed by, I don't know if you remember her, you probably will, Sheila. Oh. Winnie King, Dr. Winnie King from Channel 2 Action News. Yes, Do you I remember did. her? I remember her. And yes. so the teacher invited me to come and speak she's like you have a a lot of opinions and they want other kind of therapist people who have experience in this so she invited me and another classmate and we went they ended up using a lot of my footage and it hit me instead of being with one person in my office and making a difference with one person I could potentially make a difference in the lives of millions of people I was like wow like that's powerful stuff right and even back then with tv you know people watch tv but you didn't know what impact was happening yeah Yeah. and and for you to have that foresight or that insight it's like it was before dr phil it was before social media i mean it was a long time ago yeah yeah and so i did that and then i had a friend who had a a book out about the non-diet approach and which as you know i'm a big advocate of and um she wanted she's a nutritionist and she asked me to come on a show to talk about kind of the psychological aspects and I got a lot of very positive feedback and I just started doing more and more of those I started to get calls from producers and then one day I get a call from Harvey Levin <laughs> our friend and Harvey he, he says I am casting a show we called we need professional help on USA Network and we've already cast two therapists a male therapist an African-American female we want a young woman and at the time I was young. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Those and they brought they brought me in and it was Harvey and Lisa Gregorish Dempsey. And they auditioned me and I did an audition and the premise of the show was that they had uh, two people who would come in, it could be like a brother and a sister, or a husband and a wife, roommates, whatever it was, who had a conflict. They would basically present their issue to the panel of therapists. Then one person would leave, one person would tell their story, they would switch, then they'd come back, and then the therapist would tell them whether to stay together or break up. And they, <laughs> That and, was the beginning of reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> and then and they were given like $2,000 towards therapy or a moving van or a lawyer or whatever it was. So we went and I did the audition and it went really well. I got a call back 
And then they said, you know, we, we really like you. And Harvey pulled me aside. And I'll never forget this because I owe Harvey my career. Okay. Harvey pulled me aside and Harvey said, you have to do this. He said, you are so good. You have to pursue this. And you need to get someone to represent you so that you get representation. I didn't even know there was representation for this. You know, people. Again. You can have people. Yeah. This this was, <laughs> this was before. Again, this is before Dr. Phil. This is before. Right, like, right. And I was like. Okay, great. So then I went and I got a manager and I started to really pursue it on a whole other level. And you know me, I've always, I pound the pavement. Like oh, I've yeah. always yeah. worked very, very hard and made the phone calls and well, it, back all that at stuff. that, back during that time, I mean, just, you know, for just talking in general with women, um, that are experts, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, we did, we all, we all were sort of coming up at the same time in whatever career we were doing. And we yeah. had to do a lot of that work ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you know, called and, you know, me, like mm-hmm. I've maintained the relationships, yeah. like, you know, cause look, the entertainment's a relationship oriented business and, you know, and also you do meet really great people working in this business. And it is, but it is all about relationships. I always yeah. tell that to Tim. It's like, yeah. you know, from being a talent agent, going way back, just even being on the road. Absolutely. Um, Phyllis Diller, she was one that taught me, Miss Diller, about yeah. keeping in contact with people. But yep. we could go on and on about all of our past. But no, but breaking, so breaking into reality or just breaking into TV. Yeah. Is you know your story? So Harvey is the guy. Yeah, I I owe my career to Harvey Levin, and it, you know, like I I adore Harvey, and you know, one of his guys, Van, who works. He was like, I think you and I are the only people who just love Harvey. Everybody else has a negative <laughs> Harvey story, but like we love Harvey. I owe him. Like I would do anything for him. So how did you know Tim and I are so excited about asking you. You know, how did couples therapy come about? You know, did you, was this your idea? Because our listeners out there, a lot of them want to know if they're experts, whether they're a doctor or a fitness expert or a therapist like you, you know, how do you do it? So was this your baby, your brainchild? It it was not. It was the brainchild of Damien Sullivan, who's my executive producer. Damien created Celebrity Rehab. Got it. And he created this. And I got a call one day uh, on my voicemail at the office and it was him, and he said, I'll never forget it. He said, you know, hey, my name is Damien Sullivan. I'm the creator of Celebrity Rehab. I'm doing this new show. It's it's about couples therapy and celebrities. I've admired your work for many years. I've always wanted to work with you, and I have this project that I think could be a great one. Would you be willing to come in on an audition? Had you worked with celebrity clients before? Yes. Okay. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Okay. So I, I come from an entertainment industry family. My office, I have a practice in, in Beverly Hills. So I had a lot of experience being around celebrities, working with celebrities. So for me, it was kind of it was easy. Fit, yeah. yeah. Right. And I thought it was interesting, too, to have it be celebrity couples. But that was a big trend. Well, it still is a big trend right now, celebrities being on TV. Yeah. You know, on the reality shows. But Damien's great. And he's is amazing. It, is he's, Andy, he's a genius. Andy Shear Andy, Andy Shear was on this last season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Andy and I he's go great. way back. Adore oh Andy. He's fantastic. So, so that's how it started. Yeah. And... I mean, it's just, it's fascinating to watch. Yeah. You know, I mean, we want to know a little bit about how, how difficult is it? You know, cause it's, you're doing therapy. You have five couples, five, set five. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just therapy in its sense is, is stressful, intense. Yes. How do you get through a shooting schedule? How do you get through these 10, 12 weeks? It is 
intense. It's really intense. It's about three weeks long that we are there together. The celebrities live in the house. I am there, you know, 20 hours a day. I don't sleep there, but I'm usually there till midnight and I'm there early in the morning to, to get briefed and then do the, the first group. <clears throat> it is, um, it is an amazing experience. It is a grueling experience. It is an intense experience, but as a therapist, it is a dream come true. Because it is, first of all, one of the great things about Damien. When I went in for that original interview, he said to me, he said, I will never interrupt you doing therapy. I have too much respect for the therapy process. And I had just come off of a show that I had done a a pilot where the executive producer kept interrupting me. Hmm. And I thought, wow, this is something new. And And he said to me, we never create drama we never create story we never alter this we just shoot what happens and i respect therapy and we i want to see what happens and it was like this is like this is for me like and and he has always kept that promise and, well you can see that because yeah. we've been doing well i've been doing reality since day one and i that's drives me crazy yeah there's when, when there's too scripted. much manipulation and it's scripted and there is nothing and you can yeah. tell and you can tell yeah. this is why it's unraveling yeah, yeah. and, it, and it, it was interesting i remember season one there was a moment where um angelina pavarnik and um vienna from the bachelor were in the bathroom together and they were mic'd but there, were, there wasn't a camera because you don't want to watch the them off the limits, yeah. but they didn't realize that their mics were still on. And one of them, I think it was at Vienna, said to Angelina, "You know, I think they we need to create more drama." And Angelina said to her, "I think they actually really just want us to do therapy." And to me, that was like a golden moment because I was like, "They get it. Like we're not looking to create." And there's no producer whispering in anybody's ear saying like oh, fight with so-and-so or so-and-so talk shit right. about you or anything like that. What, what I found fascinating watching this show is, um, you know, I'm not sure if this is an actual production decision, but there is a, a conscious acknowledgement of this fourth wall and that yes. fourth wall is broken. Yeah. And the people who are participating on the show, the cast, your patients, acknowledge the cameras. Yeah. There are people who have been in front of cameras before yeah. and they acknowledge this um, this element. They don't pretend that it doesn't exist. Yep. And I think that's a really an, an, uh, interesting element for a viewer yeah. um, to to see that. And and you can't act like the cameras don't affect people. You can't act like the cameras aren't there. I mean, and if you saw, it was I think it was season, I think it was season five with Nikki and Juan Pablo, yes. where Nikki like the cameras were driving her crazy. She was like, and, and everyone would start to get very frustrated with her. Like, you agreed to be on a reality TV show. Like, why are you complaining about the cameras? But she really struggled with but, it. And you defended your team and yeah. you acknowledged producers. And yeah. there's one there's one moment where she walks in and Juan Pablo is being a uh, being interviewed and she yells at the yeah. she says something to the producer yeah. about she, taking too long. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I we, think that's we a cool. Did, we 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 really like to present the reality of what is. You know, people sometimes say like, "Oh, am I can be edited to look like something." Like, right, you'll right. never be edited to look like anything other than who you are. It's a synopsis of what happened because we can't include everything because we have twenty four hours, seven days a week for three weeks of footage, so it has to be condensed. But it is accurate, right? And and you know, th- that part is so fascinating because. To get people to come on and trust you, and I think you said, number one, 
you know, it's for therapy. Yeah. And they really have to want the therapy. And, you know, and some of these celebrities want to be on TV, too, to help mm-hmm. promote whatever they're doing. But Or they want the paycheck. They want the paycheck. And they want to sign up, though. But to sign up for for um, therapy. Now, Tim and I were talking about this before. And we were curious, how how much are you a part of the casting process? Mm-hmm. And I think Tim's got a lot of questions. Very he wants little. What? Very little. Very little. Yeah. No, it's, it is... I am told who it is. Like, I'm kind of presented with the information. And if there was someone who I really refused to work with, which has only happened one time, um, they they would hear me. But I really try to be open. And I also feel like if somebody comes to me, kind of the universe is sending them to me because this person needs something. And I need to provide them with that help. And so once uh, somebody is cast, do you do you go and do a lot of homework before the show starts shooting? I have a team of people, a team of producers who do that. I always try to walk the line. I don't want so much information that I'm biased. and But I want just enough so that I get a sense of who this person is. Because also, a lot of the time, I don't watch people's shows. Like, I don't have time. I'm very busy. So, you know, it wasn't until I think season four that I had anyone on whose show that I had seen or music I had heard or anything like that. So I really try to kind of walk that line. I don't want too much information. And I don't want to be biased. But there are examples of some that are news stories that you probably can't get away from, like uh, Doug Hutchison and Courtney Stodden. I had not heard of them before they came. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I had not. I had not heard of them. Yeah, (laughs) but that's That's great. That's good because you start with a fresh, a fresh slate. Yeah, I really in in assessing the situation. Very much so. Very much so. And um, what do you what do you look for in a celebrity couple that want to be on the show? What does your team look for? You know what? You would have to talk to Robin Roth because she does the the casting for the show. Um, But, you know, what I look for is a couple that genuinely wants help. And we try to have kind of different kinds of couples. We don't want all reality couples. We don't want all music couples. We want, we try to have different people that have different issues so that it's kind of well-rounded. Yeah, that makes sense, the different issues, because you you can't, otherwise you're doing the same thing. And different personalities. Right, right. In watching um, specifically season five, I, you know, I, maybe it was because it was a post Halloween. I was just so sad. But I have to admit, I got a little choked up at moments because you guys dealt oh, with I some know. pretty heavy oh, issues with. Uh, I have to. I have his name written down. Um, with Dick Donato's diagnosis yes. being revealed on screen, which I thought was. I don't want to give too much away no, for people. Well, you can talk. Okay. It's public information. Okay, perfect. Now. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, to have a heterosexual man. Talking about HIV diagnosis was, I thought, a, yeah. a very important moment. And, and he had kept the secret for oh something like a decade. Like, nobody knew why he left Big Brother. Nobody knew, like, what happened to him. Nobody, like, even his closest of friends did not know he was HIV positive. And also because of that, you know, he was kind of living this this kind of false life and also he thought he had a lot of misinformation because he he felt he felt very kind of trapped and we we were able to also bring on experts to the show because he said like I'm never going to date this is my last relationship I'm done because of this and I was able to say to him actually you don't have to be you have to disclose this you have to take certain precautions but this doesn't have to be your last relationship and you know he and I are still in touch and he actually started dating someone oh, wow. and like I mean it's 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 amazing he's like this show changed my life 
Oh, that sounds so refreshing. Yeah, yeah. That's you like have refreshing. to have such a grasp of such a wide range of issues like yeah. that. That, yeah. that's I mean, I mean look I've been a therapist for two and a half decades I've been exposed to a lot of different life situations and a lot of different experiences and people and, and so yeah you, you do have to but it is, it is that hard thing because even when we're doing our casting so no matter what kind of show if it's a cooking competition to you know trying to find your soulmate you know, this is a deeper issue. They have to bear it all. Yeah. Completely uninhibited, which we always ask for. You know, we want you to yep. be completely uninhibited. You got to be yourself. But this is digging deep. Yeah. And things will come out that they've never, like, yeah. obviously and, said. And to go back to answer your earlier question about mm-hmm. sort of how hard is it to do this right. show, um, it is an incredibly emotional, intense experience for all of us. Because... I'm in the trenches with everyone. And you also get, and and I'm sure you know this because you've experienced it, you're in this reality TV bubble where you kind of have to leave your life and nothing else exists in your world other than this experience that you're having. It's incredibly bonding. You know, you, you know, I'm very close with my producers, with my makeup artists, with like all the people who are like my, my close circle to do this show. Like they become your best friends and also the cast members, you know, at the end of season one, you know, I remember sitting in, in the room and saying to them, you know, it's, it's, it becomes like the breakfast club. Do you remember that movie where it's like, you know, you walked in here and, you know, the breakfast club, they, they say, you know, you walked in here and you thought that you were, you know, the princess and the jock and the this and the that, but it turned out we're all the same. And it's the same thing. And I said, you know, you came in here, you know, DMX, the the rapper, Casey, the reality TV star, like you all came in here with these perceptions of who you are, but it turned out you all have common experiences. And that, I mean, that season, that cast literally wrapped the show and went on vacation together. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, that's like a it was great such a story. bonding experience that they all hung out together. They went on on Linda's boat together. Like it was, it, yeah, it was an amazing experience. But it is so intense. It is hard for like nobody can fully comprehend how intense this experience is. Well, it's true because even even the cameraman, you know, and you say like yeah. your your makeup uh, artist Summer, everybody is involved a hundred percent. Now, do you and your team? Because I've been through some of this, you know, and before reality, other shows that I've done, like a, a documentary on domestic violence and all sure. of that. But our whole team would have to have therapy mm-hmm. after shooting. Have you guys have your own little therapy, or how, how does that help? How I mean, do you look, guys help I'm yourself? I'm in ongoing therapy. <laughs> I, I, I believe that all therapists have a responsibility to right. really keep their stuff in in check. Right. Um, I encourage everyone. Look, I believe in you. Hear me say it on the radio show all the time. Everybody should have at least one year of weekly therapy. Right. But yeah, you know, look, there are a lot of people, and there are camera guides who have been on the show now for many, many years who say like, "Hey, this got me into therapy, or I've learned so much. This has changed my relationship." And look. It is such an amazing group that I work with. I mean, literally, I've had groups that I've done where I look up and the camera guys are crying. Like, right. everybody becomes very attached to the cast. They become very attached to each other. It's mm-hmm. it's a very, it's an amazingly intimate, intense experience. I, I felt your emotion when you brought Jenna 
to her mother's grave. Oh god! I, I really—that's when I felt yours. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that was I was beautiful. Like I, I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. I was just so you know, and I, I look. I adore her. I have a real soft spot in my heart for her. Would you say um, <coughs> that you have a biggest breakthrough that comes to mind in your experience on this show with a couple or an individual? I mean, I have to say, you know. There isn't a season where each couple didn't have a major breakthrough. Um, some of the more memorable ones, I would say, I mean, Tretch and his father. Um, you know, for those people who didn't see it, uh, Tretch is a, a rapper who had been estranged from his father for decades and had always wanted to get back in touch with him. He had a lot of anger. The father abandoned him. It, you know, a lot of just horrible neglect and, and abandonment issues and um, we were able to track down his father and brought him in and I did a session with him that was one of the most frustrating sessions ever where this father just wouldn't own his stuff he wouldn't take responsibility he wouldn't like Tretch was was so great at staying calm you know I mean look he's a guy who has a history of some anger issues of some violence of some pretty intense stuff he was so calm and so poised and he really was so eloquent in the way he spoke to his father but his father wouldn't own it. His father kind of just wanted to to gloss over it and move on and seem very sort of caught up in Tretch's celebrity. And, sure. And at a certain point, Tretch said, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm out We're of here. I'm not going to get any more. Yeah. God bless you. I'm out of here. And he went to his room. And I sat there with the dad. And I kind of I read him the riot act a bit. And then we wrapped the session. And I go to Tretch's room and I said you know look you have got to mourn the loss of the dad that you had hoped that you would have you know that this he's not the guy that you were hoping to have this beautiful reunion with you need to let go and then I leave and my producer's like the father's in the holding room sobbing his eyes out you need to come downstairs Dr. <coughs> Mike is with him I come down and the father saying I I regret that I handled that session the way I did I like I can't believe I I, I did that I want another chance please let me have another chance so I go back up to Tretch's room and he's there with Cicely his his girlfriend and I said your dad is downstairs I think you need to talk to him and he's like I have nothing to say Oh my God, that's a huge... And, and so Cicely looked at him. I said, Trish, I think you're going to want to hear this. And Trish, and Cicely looks at him. She says, I think you need to go. And if Dr. Jen thinks you should go, like, there's got to be something significant here. I will be with you. So she comes down and we, we go downstairs and the dad is sobbing and we're standing there and he gives Tretch the apology he's waited his I get the goosebumps oh my God, I'm feeling it now. he gives Tretch the apology he had waited for his entire life and was sobbing please can you forgive me I am so sorry I oh wronged God. you it, like, and, he, and the father's <laughs> sobbing Tretch is sobbing I'm sobbing Dr. Mike is sobbing Cicely sobbing the camera guys are sobbing like there was not a dry eye in that room you must have been that feeling because you thought oh. you, that was like hey and sometimes that happens you yeah. can't get through to people and it's not going to go anywhere yeah you know and it was it was such an amazing gift 
Dr. Jen. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. Go ahead. What can you tell us? Can you tell us anything about season six on MVH1, 10 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. PST? So I got it right. And, yeah. and nine o'clock central. <laughs> and nine, nine o'clock, o'clock central. central. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, tonight for Because I'm curious. Will this cast go on vacation with each other? <laughs> I don't I, know. Yeah. Oh, not as much. <laughs> not so as I was much. Thinking, I'm like, okay. Yeah. But there are definitely friendships that have been formed. Um, and you can see them on Instagram. But, oh, okay. um, you know, this was a really amazing season. It was very emotional. It was very intense. It was you know every season is unique and different and like every season I kind of go like what new issue can we have now like how is it even possible and there's always something new there's always and one of the great things is that it doesn't matter that they're celebrities people at home are struggling with the same issues exactly relatable yeah I would say that 80 to 90 percent of the issues a celebrity struggle with are the same ones everyone struggles with and then that there's a small percentage of stuff that is the paparazzi the media you know people framing you making you look like you're doing something you're not doing and fans and that kind of stuff but really the core stuff is you know the trust parenting money power struggles communication sex all that stuff that everybody fights about yeah and and i was gonna say you know when you were telling the story and and i liked how you said you know, once uh, once he left, I, I read the the Father the Riot Act. Yeah. You know, and you gave it to him. Um, so the question to me is: Are you the same on camera as you are in your in your private practice? And are you just this is it, no holds barred? You're like, you know, lay it on the line. Yeah. I mean, look, you've known me for a long time. Pretty much the same person in private practice. On TV and in my personal life. So, you know, it, when I do couples therapy, because I have only usually, you know, like 16 to 21 days with these couples, it's a more intense atmosphere. I have to push harder and faster. Right. In my private practice, while I'm very confrontational, I don't sugarcoat things, I can be a little more gentle because we may have years together. Whereas with couples therapy, I've got a finite amount of time and I have to make a difference. And also some of these couples come in. I mean, look, this season, Jacqueline had filed for divorce from Scott before they came in. They have kids. Like I have families that are depending on me. Like I have to push these people, whether they like it or not. I have to make a difference in their lives in a short period of time. And I'm thinking, you know, as an expert, because a lot of our listeners too, you know, that want to get into TV, do what you do and, and have an opportunity you know, how do you not cross that line? You know, because you are running a business. You started with the business, you know, private practice, and and you want to continue that. And so anybody, you know, trying to cross that, you know, into the TV world, how do you protect the ethics and how do you protect your brand? Sure. You know, what? What? Yeah. A, how does yeah. that work? Um, I keep my private practice and my TV life very separate. I don't do TV to get people in my, my private practice. On the contrary, when people see me on TV, I don't take them in my private practice because I just feel like ethically there's a lot of projection going on. There's a lot of fantasy. There's a lot like it's not pure and I feel like that's not the right place for that. I've only taken, I think, like two people who saw me on TV, and it was early on in my career, and it was, uh, I did a segment on 48 Hours about gastric bypass surgery, and because eating disorders is kind of a soft spot for me, there were two people who I led in my practice who had had horrible experiences with gastric bypass surgery. But I generally, I keep them very separate, and, you know, understand that... 
I'm in private practice. There are not many people who came before me who I could call and be like, hey, how do you handle this issue? Like, I've had to kind of make it up as I go along. And I have really, I think my boundaries are are very clear. You know, at the end of every season of Couples, I always say, I, I give the cast members my cell phone number and I say, I'm not your friend. I'm your therapist. Once I'm your therapist, I'm your therapist for life. You can call me. We will never go out to dinner together. We will never go shopping together. We're never going to hang out together. But if you have a crisis, you can call me. And they do. You know, Nick and Shane from season two, when Shane was rushed to the hospital and literally died on the table, they lost a pregnancy, their baby died, Nick called me and was like, how do I handle this? And he literally he called me, how, do I tell Shane that her baby died? How do I do this? They literally, they said to him, you need to come in and identify your baby. And he oh. called me and was like, how do I do this? And I talked with him. So it's a therapeutic relationship forever, as far as I'm concerned. Well, that's good because that's not easy. You yeah. know, it's yeah. you, you have to be very strong. And then how about the mommy side? You know, you're also a mom. I am. I have twins. And so, you know, do they know mommies on TV? Well, how old are they now? They're nine now. Nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been on TV their whole lives, so they only know that. And I've been doing couples therapy now since, let's see, I auditioned in September of 2011. So I've been doing it for, you know, four years now. So since they were really little. So yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's all they know, you know, and it's, it's, you know, like they have teachers who are fans of the show. And so, you know, they're kind of used to it, but I'm very protective of them. I don't post pictures of them where they're identifiable on social media. I keep them out of that world. And, and, you know, how do you balance it all? I mean, I always, that question it's, drives me crazy. It, it's incredibly challenging. It's yeah. incredibly challenging. Um, I do my best. I am not perfect, but I, I work really hard to try to have that balance. I have great communication with my kids. Also, look, I love this age. It was hard. The first three years almost killed me. The first year in particular, because <laughs> I was two for two twins with severe reflux and severe colic. Wow. It was there was projectile vomiting and screaming oh like around the clock and it really but now you know look what do I do best I get into people's heads and I have conversations so that's what I do best with my kids right um it is look it's it's challenging you know but I I have a family to support I work very hard to support them and to support my family and so it is um there are times where, you know, it's hard. I'd like to be spending more time with my kids, but I also am lucky I get to do my radio show from home. So literally I'm with them. We have dinner. I go, I, you know, I get to right. be in sweatpants. I do my radio show and I walk out and then I go in directly into their room. So it's, it's challenging, but it's, um, you know, I try, I do my best. I know. Wait till, wait till they're teenagers. I, I'm sure that they're, <laughs> they will be talking about me in therapy one day. Yeah. <laughs> so they had them, one of the best therapists, their mom. <laughs> So, um, Dr. Jen, actually, now it's time for our segment Tips with Sheila. This is the moment where Sheila's going to share with us some oh, that's uh, right. insider tips about becoming an expert on TV. Feel free to chime in. Before we get started, um, do you accept Anthem Blue Cross? I do not. I do not take any insurance. Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was kidding. Oh Thank you. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's interesting too. Yeah, the the whole insurance. Oh God! Yeah. See, yeah. if I accepted insurance, I would spend every day chasing money and not getting paid. getting the work done. Like, right, right, yeah. right, right. So, you know, all oh. my clients oh. submit to their insurance 
afterwards and they get reimbursed directly. Oh, good to yeah. know. Yeah. Right. Good to know. Well, you know, my tips about this, I mean, we talked a little bit about it. If you're, you know, whether you're a fitness expert, a lawyer, a therapist, um, you know, my God, there's a million of fashion expert, whatever out sure. there and trying to get into the, into the reality TV business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I guess my, oh, I have to tell you what my tips are first. Let's see. Well, first of all, I would say, you know, timing is everything, mm-hmm. right? You know, you have to be the right time and also, where are you in your career? Have you done local talk shows? Are you well known? You know, that type of thing. And then at what point do you need a team? Like you talked a little bit about that earlier. Do you need an agent, a manager, the PR person, you know, this, you know, how, where do you think the step is from going from A to B? Well, I think that in this day and age now, because reality TV is so saturated and there are so many experts out there, most agents won't take you until you have established yourself to a a large degree. And so it really is about creating it for yourself for the Mm -hmm. first few years. So, and, And also the truth is you want to do two things. One is you want to hone your craft. And that's even before you get on TV. To truly be an expert, you need to be educated. You need to be knowledgeable. You need to really be, you want to be obsessed with what you do and and to know it backwards and forwards. Then it's time to get on TV. And, And then it's a matter of honing your craft in terms of becoming comfortable on camera, learning how to do interviews, learning, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and that's an art in and of itself. And the only way to get that is experience. Right. And I agree. I mean, that number one, be unique, be the expert, know it inside and out. Because then someone's going to call upon you. We want the best of the best when yep. we pick people for TV, as obviously. Uh, so that is a good one. And then, of course, yeah, when you're trying to find, you know, and you have to do the work yourself. Mm-hmm. Get out there and do local stuff and, and yep. speak in front of organizations and just get that attention. And on the Internet, your website, make sure it's professional. Make sure you're showing the different things that you've done. Then the agents, casting people, managers, they'll find you. And also at the beginning, be willing to work for free. Yes. I oh, mean, that's I a can't good one. tell you how many hours and hours and hours and hours of free work I did to hone my craft. I, I had right. a show. I was I had a segment on the KEYT News in Santa Barbara for a long time. I literally would drive down spend the night at a hotel that I had to pay for right. overnight. I There was no hair and makeup person. My makeup person at the time taught me how to do my makeup. My hair person taught my husband how to put my hair in hot rollers. And literally at three o'clock in the morning, he put my hair in hot rollers. I would do my makeup. We would drive to the station and I would do the segment and I got paid nothing. Right. But it was great experience. It really kind of help me take my game up and also learn how to do this kind of work, which is very different than reality TV, where you're sitting at a desk and you're talking about a topic and, you know, it's, you want to get as much experience as possible and don't be a prima donna. Right. See, that's great. Because most people think, hey, look at how easy this is. Well, the reason why we make it look easy, why you make it look easy is because of all the hard work and dedication. And you know what? You're not going to get that big paycheck right away. It takes a lot of time. I'm so glad that you definitely, yes, reiterated that. many, many, that. many years. Right. To make it work and yeah. to be good because you don't want to be on for two minutes and then all of a sudden your career is over. Yeah. You know, and that's what happened to people that do not have that 
the, the yeah. to back it up, the credibility. And, and I see too many people, and I'm sure you see this constantly, many. who just want to be famous, yeah. who haven't even finished their degrees, <laughs> who haven't gotten licensed, who are like, I want to be on TV. Well, you know what? Hone your craft first. Like, become a therapist. Spend years practicing. Like, know your stuff. Right. Because, hey, once TV hits, you're on the spot. And like you said, you have a very short window to make it work. Yep. And so that only comes from repetition, knowing, and the experience. Yeah. You know, that gut instinct. Um, so those are our, well, sort of our, our combined tips. We kind of did that together. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so basically to recap, it's like, you know, as an expert, really make sure you know your craft. Be good at it. Know it inside and out and feel comfortable and confident. Yeah. Number two, work, put in the hard work. Yeah. You're not going to get an agent and a manager and somebody to do everything for you. You're going to have to do it yourself. Get on every type of show. Speak in front of a million different audiences. And then make yourself know. But you do have to have that uniqueness. It's something that you stand out for. Sure. Um, and then, you know, timing is everything. And check and, check the castings, you know. And these days, try to get video footage of any oh, right. speaking engagements yeah. that you do or if you have spots on TV because mm-hmm. you can build your own reel these, a lot of people look for that these days oh my yeah. god yeah everything is visual now yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you have to be able to do that so yes thank you so much thank you my for joining pleasure. us this was I mean we could go on and on and yeah. on forever but oh well let's first let's not forget what is coming up we forgot to ask you what is well, coming up a few things well right now we have more episodes of Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen okay. on VH1 Wednesday nights 10 o'clock East Coast West Coast 9 o'clock Central in January I have a new show on VH1 called Family Therapy with Dr. Jen Wow. Five celebrity families in a house with me doing intensive therapy. Oh, my God. Celebrity families, too? Yeah. Do you want to know who they are? Yes. Can you tell us? Uh Michael and Dina Lohan. (gasps) Bam Majera from Jackass and his mom, April. Right. Tiffany, known as New York, Tiffany Pollard, and her mother, Sister Patterson. Yes. Brittany and Brianna from Teen Mom. And Damon Dash and his two brothers. Oh, oh my, my God! This gosh. is that breaking news on breaking into reality from Dr. Jen. That oh my is God! Amazing. It is the most aggressive, intense group I have ever worked with, ever. It, now, have you already shot this? We've already shot it. Oh, and my it was. God unbelievably intense, incredibly emotional, and they're not words to describe. You know, on couples therapy, you're dealing with people who have hurt each other, and we do, you know, every year we do our uh, family trauma group, and people talk about what it was that traumatized them that makes them act the way they do in their relationship. Right. Family therapy, we're going straight to the trauma. The trauma's in the room It's with in the you. room, it's right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... Intense. Oh my God. It's Congratulations. Well, you. we can't wait yeah. to watch. So we have, We're going to. Yeah. So I have that. I also, I have my show on Sirius XM, the Dr. Jen show, and that's every night, seven to nine on the West Coast, 10 to midnight on the East Coast. And it's all call and advice. Anyone calling, you don't have to subscribe. If you want advice, you can call in. I'm also working on my next book, which is a relationship book, Ooh. which I'm very excited about. That's going to be released fall of next year. And I also have an app called No More Diets. It's based on my doctoral dissertation. 
Oh my God, that's fun! You just it never cease to amaze me. It's great. Thank and on you. your radio show with uh, Maria Menounos is now one of it's your also on stars. On stars, yeah. so we love it all in the family. Yeah. But again, thank you so much. You. My pleasure. And we'll have you back for family therapy too. I, I love, love it. it. And thank you to everyone um, for checking into Breaking Into Reality TV. Don't forget to find out if you're the next reality TV star <laughs> with us on BreakingIntoReality.com. Okay, bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.